Welcome to Is This Working? The tools we use to work have changed drastically, but how we work hasn't. In this podcast, we explore how we can make work work better for us. We're your hosts, me, Anna Codrerado, and me, Tiffany Philippou. In season two, we'll be exploring new issues related to our working lives, including resilience, boundaries, goals, and motivation. We will be telling more stories from the front lines of modern work, and we have some exciting guests joining us along the way. This isn't about the future of work. This is about what's happening in work right now. Before we begin, we want to say a huge thank you to Moo, who is our sponsor for this episode. Whether you're a big business or a freelance creative, Moo is the place to go to to easily design and print quality business cards. We've got 20% off code for Moo for listeners of Is This Working? Simply enter the code Is This Working at the Moo.com website for 20% off your order. That's Is This Working, all one word with no question mark. The code is also in our show notes. Thank you, Moo. We'll be talking more about Moo later on in the show. Hi, Tiffany. Hello. It's good to be back in the studio. Yeah, it's good to have you back in my spare room. (laughs) How have you been? (laughs) Yeah, great. Great. You know, prepping for season two. So it's like I haven't seen you every day. Um, (laughs) What's coming up for season two? Thanks for everyone waiting for us to return. Yeah, it's actually been amazing. And we've been really overwhelmed uh, by the response to season one and hearing that so many of you have been patiently waiting for us to come back for the second season. But yeah, we're super excited because we have been busy planning lots of exciting things for this upcoming season. We're going to be playing a bit with the formats and introducing more guests and other voices. So we're going to be having people on to tell us their stories um, and exploring lots of new topics uh based on you know our own research and also the feedback that we've had so yeah i'm pumped sounds great should we get on with it yeah i think we should i want to tell you a story and what's the story about then anna Well, I invited the author and writer, Jessica Pan, into the studio to talk to me after I read her absolutely brilliant book, which is called I'm Sorry I'm Late, I Didn't Want to Come, An Introvert's Year of Living Dangerously. That sounds like it was written for you as the introvert in this duo. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I mean, it very much was because I am an introvert with a capital I. So, of course, I was naturally drawn to it. But not only that, I also, because I'm such a nerd, love to learn as much as I can about what the experience of being an introvert is like. And also to take comfort in the fact that I'm not the only one. It definitely feels like introversions having a moment 
right now where people are talking about different ways of working and how different people work in different ways and how introversion plays into that. Yes. So you probably would think that I'm about to tell you a story about what it's like to be an introvert in the workplace, but I'm not. Well, I kind of am. Um, So there was a short passage in Jessica's book. It was almost a throwaway anecdote right at the beginning which just made me think so deeply about how people find fulfillment in their work and how office culture very often doesn't align with our own personal values. Tell me more. Well, I'm going to let her tell you herself. Here's Jessica. So I was working at this content agency in London and I thought that when I got this job, that I had completely like nailed it, right? Like it was well-paid, it was full-time, but it was semi-creative, it was writing and editing. And then I quickly realized that actually I was just having to churn out content for this content agency. Um, It didn't feel like anybody really cared about what I was writing. So before we go any further, let me just quickly tell you what a content agency does. So a content agency produces written materials for a brand. So things like blog posts, maybe videos or other pieces of content that go on a company's website. Very often the people making this content are doing so at really high volume and they're trying to hit targets and it's a very high pressured environment, which is exactly what Jessica was doing. And to meet these insane quotas, I had to stay late every night. I had to come in on the weekends. Um, You know, it was the kind of job where you go in in the morning and you stay all day, obviously, and then you stay till like 9 p.m. You go home, eat dinner, you wake up, you go to work. So you feel like you have no outside life. That sounds brutal. Yeah, it was. But it took an award ceremony for Jessica to actually do something about it. So what happened is the company put on this big award ceremony. All of the employees were invited to it. And the idea was that everyone in the company would be getting a prize that night. So I'm guessing they're thinking this is a good morale booster for the team. Yes, except for Jessica, who did end up going along to the award ceremony that evening, it had the opposite effect. I remember sitting in the audience, sort of feeling sicker and sicker, thinking, oh God, like, what are they going to give me? Like, is it going to be a joke? Is it going to be humiliating? Will it be something nice, actually? And I think everyone else had been given an award except for me. And I started thinking, oh my God, did they forget me? Sort of panicking and also not wanting to go accept it because I'm a shy person. I hate being the center of attention, just sort of dreading the whole thing. And then they announced that the next award is called the Midnight Oil Award. And it's for like the person who stays late and has no life and gives a whole life to their job. Oh, is that the award that she got? It sounds so sinister. Yep. She got the Midnight Oil Award, a prize for the employee who essentially sold their soul to the company. And this is how she felt about it. And they announced my name, like Jessica Pan is the winner of this award. And I remember immediately feeling so embarrassed by it, like kind of humiliated and hating it and having to go up and accept this stupid award. So I don't know why I reacted so strongly to this, but I think that if they had given me an award called like brilliant writer or, you know, like creative genius or something actually nice that recognized the kind of work I did as opposed to just, oh, she's always here working hard. 
I would have been thrilled. I would have been so happy, even though I didn't like my job. I probably would have, you know, coasted along and stayed at that job. But because they just sort of rewarded like me being there and giving up my life, it sort of was this catalyst. Like it cracked something open in me and I came home with this like stupid like little awards thing. So did they actually give you a physical award? Yeah. And I was like your name carved into it, like Midnight Oil Awards, so, like this, this like um like souvenir for like feeling like a loser. And I said to my husband, I was like, I I can't do this. Like I don't want to be at this job anymore. I hate it. Winning the Midnight Oil Award was a wake up call for Jessica. It made her realize how much she hated her job. But something interesting also happened. The power dynamic shifted. Jessica was upset and angry. The company she worked for undervalued her so much that they gave her a disrespectful accolade and the icing on the cake. They were completely oblivious to her reaction. But she could have taken that award, said nothing and just continued to build resentment. But instead, she did something about it. She quit her job at the content agency shortly after winning the Midnight Oil Award. She obviously hit breaking point because she realised that she was sacrificing her own quality of life for a company that didn't even value or appreciate her. I think the reaction her colleague gave her when she won the award that night sums this up perfectly. The day I won that award, because we were having like this like social event, it was like the award ceremony and then like socialising afterwards. Nightmare. But um, this this guy who worked with me, he was a designer and he said this comment that I like, what did he say? He said, okay, so you work more hours than I do. So like, let's say we make the same salary and you work so many more hours than I do. My time is much more valuable than yours. And I was just like, I hate you. Like, I don't want to work in a place like this where you say things like that to my face. Coming up, Jessica shed some light on why the company culture was so bad in the first place. Thank you again to our episode sponsor, Moo. I have so many fond memories of Moo because every startup I've ever worked at has used Moo to print their business cards. And I will always remember the excitement and feeling I got when my Moo box arrived to my desk because it would be because I was about to start a new job or I just got a promotion and it was almost like a Moo rite of passage. That's exactly how I also felt when I got my Moo cards when I went freelance. Um, I was also super impressed with the quality and the value. And yeah, getting those Moo cards when I went freelance made me feel like an exec. So go and get your own Moo cards with our special discount, which is is this working at Moo.com for 20% off. Let's get back to the show. run by five men it was like 70 percent men there was this always this like there were just 
all the females in the company bonded together and we hated all of the men because it felt like such a sexist place. And no, I think they thought it was like funny and fine and they had no idea. Not only was Jessica up against these gender-based microaggressions, she was also an introvert working in an office that was pretty much built for extroverted men. I asked her if she thinks that offices are places designed explicitly for extroverts. I think open plan offices are. I think that they drive me crazy. And it took me a long time to realize that. But I would, you know, in another job I had, I was an editor in a magazine in Beijing. And that's when I first realized I was an introvert. I didn't even like know what that word meant. And I was 24 and I would... I would stay late there, but for a different reason. It was because it was such a crazy manic office that you couldn't get any work done until everybody left. And I'd stay there and like do my writing and my editing. And then my boss sort of pulled me aside and explained what introverts are and what extroverts are. And it was clear that they were like telling me like, you're clearly an introvert. And as soon as she explained it to me, it just completely clicked. Like I recognized myself. Yes, I'm a person who works better alone. I can concentrate intensely. I prefer one-on-one conversations as opposed to like group things. And knowing that has empowered me because I just seek out work that is better for that, that suits me. And open plan offices, it's like people interrupt you all the time. You have to listen to other people's music. It's just kind of chaos. They seem fun, but actually for me, they're like a nightmare to get any work done. I'm an extrovert and I also feel that way about the office and I partly work from home for that reason and if anything extroverts are more likely to chat to people so are less productive but interestingly Jason Freed who is the CEO of Basecamp and author of It Doesn't Have to Be Crazy at Work talks a lot about how no work gets done in the office and in his TED talk called why work doesn't happen at work he starts by talking about how for years and years he asks people where do you go to get good work done and no one ever replies the office (laughs) and he blames what he calls the m&ms the managers and meetings and he basically said how it's managers jobs to interrupt you all the time and to break up your concentration and he says how many hours of um how many hours of concentrated work do you get in the office in a day? Is it eight, seven, six, five? So the answer is hardly any. And ultimately he says that the reason that people stay late at work isn't because you have more work to do. It's because you're not needing the work you need to get done during the working day. Right. And, you know, I think there is also something here in how women work in offices. And this is something that we talked about on the episode on freelancing, which is, how you know which is all around this idea that women are pivoting to freelance and more women are going self-employed because office culture just completely works against them and now of course all of this links to that but in Jessica's case she also wasn't feeling creatively fulfilled and you know it's it's a bit of a chicken and egg situation here but one thing she did tell me is that just before she won the midnight oil award she'd had something of a light bulb moment about the direction that she actually wanted her career to take. And it came from a unexpected, but absolutely amazing celebrity cameo in her life. I was walking down the street and I saw um, Rob Delaney, like the comedian and writer of Catastrophe. And he was like 
sitting at a table outside like in the sunshine and he just looks so happy and I think this was like I don't know like the first or second year the catastrophe was out and I just thought I don't feel that happy I'm not that creatively fulfilled I I don't feel like that at any point in my life and I know how crazy that sounds like I saw a celebrity who and so I quit my job but I I think that that as well as then winning the Midnight Oil Award were the two things that um, really made me realize how unhappy I was because I often think that when we're at work and we only hang out with our coworkers, you get like lost in the cult of work and you can't see outside of it. And once you sort of step outside, you realize, oh God, we're like, we're so miserable, but we don't even notice it. And I wanted to like chase that feeling that that I like imagined or projected onto Rob Delaney that he had. And so that's kind of why I really felt like I needed to leave. So Jessica did end up quitting, as we know, and she went off and had this absolutely amazing year um, where she did a lot of soul searching and eventually went on to write this brilliant book. But before I kind of get into all of that, I do want to make something really clear, you know, when Jessica first, as she tells me, when she first quit her job, the first sort of few months of her freelance career were really, really tough. And she was grappling with more downs than ups at this point. Um, You know, all of this is detailed in the book as well, but this is very much not a advert for quit your job and go freelance because things of course are never so black and white as that. But in this case, something really difficult and bad happened to her in a work context and the the right thing for her to do was to quit um and so yeah after jessica went freelance she did a lot of soul searching because she's not only an introvert but she realized that in some ways she was allowing that to hold her back so she decided to do this absolutely bonkers social experiment in where in which she tried to live like an extrovert for a year. So she did the most extroverted things she could think of, like doing stand-up comedy, um, doing improv classes, traveling by herself and making friends along the way. And one of the things she did was also um, talk to strangers in London and on the tube, um, which actually resulted in a dream commission for her. And she got to write about that whole thing in the Guardian Weekend magazine. Um, We will link to that piece in the show notes. But anyway, after all of this soul searching and this massive experiment and all of this extroverting, this all culminated in a book, which is the one that I talked about right at the beginning of the episode. Um, I'm sorry, I'm late. I didn't want to come. So out of this really bad situation, a lot of good things eventually ended up happening. And had it not been for her having this wake up call and getting that midnight oil award she wouldn't be where she is now and she wouldn't have written this absolutely brilliant book and had such a sort of 180 degree turn in her career and i think all of this was really brought to a head for her when she ended up bumping into her boss at a party about a year or so after winning the midnight oil award maybe a year or two years later after this happened I was at some event and I ran into one of my old bosses and he was with someone who had read my Guardian article. I think it maybe had just come out or it'd come out like the year before or something like that. But, and he was like, you wrote that? Like, I can't believe that you, you got to be in like the Guardian magazine. And I was just thinking, 
I'm so glad I don't work for you anymore. Like you do not see my potential. You did not see me as anything. They didn't see me as a person. They just saw me as like this worker bee to churn out X amount of content. They couldn't imagine that I could, you know, have an idea and pitch the guardian and get it accepted. And that actually makes me so angry that it's an amazing motivator because that, that will drive me forever. I can really relate to that because I felt like that when I was made redundant. When I first went freelance and sort of in the first few months, I was really driven by anger and trying to prove something basically. Um, but however, I think it's, I think what's really important is the point that she makes about not feeling like she was a real person. That really, that really struck me. Same for me. This wasn't a story of an introvert simply not fitting in in an office. This is about someone feeling so undervalued and dehumanized at work that she said she felt like she wasn't even seen as a real person by her bosses. And the term midnight oil comes from a time where we didn't have electricity. And so when we'd work late, it would be by candlelight. And obviously we have electricity now. And we've come so far when it comes to the tools we use to work, but many of our attitudes to work remain in the past. This episode was brought to you by Moo. We've got 20% off at Moo for listeners of Is This Working? Simply enter the code Is This Working at moo.com for 20% off your order. That's Is This Working? All one word without the question mark. More details and T's and C's in the show notes. You are listening to Is This Working? with your hosts, Anna Kojorado and Tiffany Philippou. The show was produced by Chris Bannister. Please rate, subscribe, share this episode if you enjoyed it. It will help other people find it. And of course, we want to hear from you because this podcast is all about how we can improve all our working lives. Email us at isthisworkingshow at gmail.com and tweet us at isthis underscore working. Thanks for listening. Bye.